is a resto mod basically just like are we like players grade vintage is that the same or what yeah a, what a resto that's a mod? really good analogy yeah i think it is because you've got like maybe the, the the finish was removed you know so you don't have to worry about that like mm-hmm. falling off keeping it original maybe a, you know replace pickups or something like that like i think yeah. you're i think your les paul's kind of a resto mod Dog, how are you feeling? Are you, are you feeling warm? A little I feel warm. like we've been I've been we've been talking for feeling a minute. Feeling good, man. We, we, had, we had a little bit of a tech diff. Had some gremlins in the system, but some Grammys. Fig- figured it out. But you know what else we figured out? That it's gear buds podcast. Do what? Gear buds podcast. Give us podcast episode 180. Holy shit. Right? There we go. Hey, 180 episodes of Gearbuds Podcast. Going through the decades. Woo! My name's Henry. His name's Dave. Hello. This is our show. We like to make a podcast and record it onto the internets with our microphones and faces. And we're doing it again on a Friday. Happy Friday, buddy. Happy Friday evening. Coming at you. Mm-hmm. Sun's setting a little bit earlier these days. Had a, had a gloomy rainy day earlier, and now I'm feeling good, man. Good. I, you know, once the sun came out for a little bit, I had to get out in it. I yeah. had to go for a little walk, and it is officially fall here in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Yep. Just gotta say, I had to, I had this sweatshirt and a little whole extra jacket over it. I'm not just mad. At right. It. I like it. This is is this Dave weather? This is it. Best weather ever. Dude, I gotta tell you something funny. And speaking, of, I I agree wholeheartedly. This is where I thrive, and you know, I was talking about how. Got got this this here new tattoo. Wanted to get something on the other side. I decided I was thinking about getting because I told I think I've told you I'd wanted to get a polar bear because the polar bear is kind of like an animal I relate to. I okay. like being cold. And I, it's just like it's if yeah whatever. Anyways, I was thinking, but I was also going to combine it with because I wanted to get a ship in a bottle for a while. And yeah. I was going to combine those two, and I brought it up to the girl, my the my, hair, my hairstyle. She's she's cool. I really like her, and she's and she's got a bunch of tattoos, fully tattooed or whatever. And she's like, you know, um, that's like a it's like a Coca Cola commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I was like. Like people are just like you know, it's like a like a polar bears in a in a glass bottle. Is like, oh my fucking god! Wait, did right. you get it? No, I didn't oh, get it. But I was, so, I'm, been, I was waiting been, for you to pull your sleeve up and be like, no, no, and no, I got oh it. Oh my god! No, and I've been thinking about getting it. Just I was missing like, a Coca Cola. I'm logo. so glad. There's that. ways to do polar bears that don't look like the ones but from the inside. I wanted to do it inside a glass bottle. He was going to be inside, or yeah. she, or whoever the polar bear is. I think it's. I think it's probably he. It's probably. probably. Let's be honest. It's, me. it's a little bit of a screwed I'm, animal. I'm a polar bear. I got you. And it would be. It have been floating. I still want to get a polar bear floating on a. On an iceberg, iceberg, but not in a inside of a bottle. But, uh, originally, that was. Good you think thing. the bottle is what would set it off to be like the Coca Cola thing? Yeah, I know. Yeah. What I, if it's like more of like a you know the the shipwreck bottles, like the wine bottle kind of thing with the cork? So that doesn't look like a Coke bottle. That's true. I didn't even think about that. I yeah, I like always when sort you build of a ship it in a bottle, like a, it's the big like you can't look like a two liter. That's the thing. It's, <laughs> two liter. If it looks like a two liter, you're you're out, dude. Anyways, I don't even know why the hell we were talking about that, but 180 episodes of this thing, man. How about it? Pretty good. Pretty all right. And then we're just getting the symphony of corrections. We got a lot of stuff, big time beef. I'm going to be cutting and hacking and moving through stuff because there's right. just a lot of stuff on here in this week. And that's a good thing for us because we like the stuff and we like you and the symphony of corrections. Here we go. Here's your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. And uh, hey, this is our weekly thank you for listening because we like doing this and we like doing it for you. Follow us on the stuff, subscribe on the stuff, email us at the stuff. 
gearbuddspodcast at gmail.com and if you reach out we'll shout you out and people have been reaching and i've been forgetting to copy and paste someone actually sent us a real i wanted to mention someone sent us a really nice message on uh the old instagram but specifically asked not to be shouted out so i'm i'm gonna not do that but cool. you know i'll uh, have to that's okay it. i just wanted to say that if you don't if you if you don't want us to shout you out, but yeah. you still want to reach out, let us know. Just let us know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, you know otherwise, I mean? we definitely will shout you out. No, that's cool. Well, I I have to read that. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you. Uh, well, what do we got here? Um, yeah, the we the shout out thing. We did that right. Uh, Reverb Shop. Oh, as always, go check it out. Sometimes I put stuff in there. Uh, and I was going to say that uh, over at the Sweetwater Gear, Gear Exchange, there might be a new sheriff in town. Did you list some stuff? No, I was going to say that you're the new sheriff over oh, there. Oh, I was scouring, You were scouring, and you were flagging. You were we sending flagged, these sketch posts, and we, flagged we, we some both posts. flagged some posts. Rightfully so. They were um, they were scams. I, you sent it to me, and we were well, both just like, the one too I good saw. to be yeah. true. Immediately, I was like, hey, that's because the pictures look grainy. I was like, I bet that looks like something. For, that looks like some shitty eBay pictures, and then you yeah. immediately found it on eBay. 64 Mustang, all original. Oh, yeah. All like original. 12 tape. or 1300. With, with only like two pictures, but I was like, that's definitely original white. Yeah. And then, yeah, sure enough, just I literally Googled the same thing on eBay, and it, it's still a, it's an active listing. Right. I should for, probably. It was like almost double the price. I should have probably messaged the guy, I man, like, just to let you know, like, someone scammed your listing. Your shit. But, I guess it, what's but he going to do? You, dude, there's a new sheriff in town. His name's Davey Vell. That's right. And keep it clean. Keep it clean. And they pulled it almost immediately. So kudos yeah. to them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also noticed that there is a, I think I might have sent it to you that Dr. No from uh, Bad Brains has a reverb shop. Yeah, I saw that. With very expensive stuff on there. A little out of my range. A little bit. But uh, I just wanted to say that I came up with a, a little, not maybe, I'm, it's so bad I can't even say it. A, a pun. Uh, could say it by by against by uh oh i also want to say that our uh we, we're now friends with uh, the folks over at pickup leslie after last week's episode they really liked our our coverage and we had a nice conversation i appreciate that because i don't remember much about what i said so i uh, hope it wasn't uh, anything bad yeah no yeah no we said good stuff i yeah. mean it was you know sounds just, like a cool idea yeah i might i might have to get one for the telly we're we're, we're pass uh, pascal i believe was his name real nice guy awesome so making friends. Also, for, speaking of friends, our buddy Zach from uh, such wonderful establishments as Lakeland Bases and the band Minsk, as well as the band Asphodel Wine, officially has a music video out. And you have another acting credit. I have another credit to add to the, <laughs> legit, to the whole CD. To, the, to your, to your My real, yeah. yeah, I got. I there's there's more of me than I expected to see, so I'm happy about that. I always love to see my face uh, on the internet. It's good stuff, man. It, it looks like they, a fun time. Did, it was a fun time, and the song rips, dude. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, check it out. Uh, the song is called "The Blood Is the Life," and it's uh, you know, it's a little scary, maybe. So it's a good Halloween kind it's of. Good, song. It's spooky. They have a theme. That band has a theme. They're for sure. yeah, they're they're a husband and wife duo. I'm not sure if they're married or not. They're partners for sure, and mm-hmm. uh, wonderful folks. And the song is real heavy and good. And uh, I'm in it. I'm in the vid. It's an it's like a movie, like the whole video. It's got it's like seven minutes long, man. <laughs> I, there, man, I, there was so much footage that got cut. I would love to see what oh, the really? extended cut. Oh my god, yeah, there was so they. I guess that you'll notice it when you watch it. It's like the it's sort of like grainy looking, and I don't know that ne- that was necessarily like the original intention. I think something happened because the lighting was very cool when we were there. And, yeah, but I don't know if something happened where they had like change it up in oh, post and don't forget it was uh directed and shot by our friend our also former guest former guest cj siege cj johnson yeah so good job good job everyone and um let's see what else do we got here oh you know dude i just i just made this like i've started i have these random gear thoughts during the week and sometimes i just forget 
about them for the show, and I feel like why not just I'm so I well you've been writing them down. I've been writing them down in here, and I got my I've got one. One of them was my favorite thing about doing this for so long is that I can now prejudge an instrument just by looking at it. Oh yeah, I feel like I can too. You know, like walnut. It's gonna be fucking heavy. It's gonna look real good, yep. but I don't. I'm not gonna like how it sounds. Saying that feels. walnut P bass today, exactly one thousand percent. That has got to be fourteen, fifteen pounds. <laughs> a solid fifteen. It's a great weapon if you gotta keep it by your front door. You if know? you can swing, yeah. swing that. You need to do a daily set of push ups yeah. on that one. Uh, but they they look like furniture. They're beautiful. I mm-hmm. love I love how those instruments yeah. look though. So it's you yeah. Know, I, I'm I always tempted. We never really talked about that because uh, they did the walnut telly. Obviously, isn't that is that right? Is that the famous George Harrison telly? Rosewood. That was all Rosewood? That was all Rosewood, which what is, a, speaking of boat anchors, hope yeah. maybe. Um, that's funny. Did they ever do any other walnut, I wonder? Probably. There's. I remember a walnut jazz master telly hybrid deal thing okay. that happened at one point. That's kind of cool. Yeah, but uh, also, what was the other one that you I more wrote gear down? Thoughts? You know, I, I did have another gear thought that we were talking about, and I honestly, I can't remember the context of this okay. one, so I'm just going to pass on by. You're not going <laughs> to read know, it? I think I'm going to wait until I remember okay. what this one's about, Fair and enough. then we'll, we'll One come. gear thought. But I do, have a, a, I do have a correction for the symphony, which is no a rarity these Unheard days. Of. I wouldn't say that it's a correction. Well, maybe, depending on your point of view. But okay, we've been talking about this, like, what's the most famous guitar actively in use, right? Right. We're talking about Greeny, and, you know, we're we're throwing some options Mm -hmm. out there, and I think I might have come up with something that tops it. Something more recognizable and famous? I think so. Hit me. Old Black, Neil Young. Oh, wow. He's still out there touring. And still playing crazy it? crazy horse still has a new record and that like that's about to come out and, really and or maybe crazy horse already has a record and he's got another record record out either way he's about to hit the road and play that Les paul again so Dude. i i would posit that neil young playing his own guitar that's known as old black that that has a signature gibson as well probably a few of them in fact yeah and uh and it's know, just it's, a class it's a, such a cool look like i feel like he cool kind of he once he put that uh the bigsby on it and stuff he just kind of coined it like with that. which i can't remember i think it has a firebird pickup in the mm-hmm. neck is the it deal sure does yeah so either way i i'm just gonna say old black is 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 more famous than greeny i thought of one what and this is a little out Ooh, of i love this. this is a little out of the what, left, what, what, what. out of left field there but pretty famous pretty recognizable yeah. also maybe a more unique instrument okay brian may's guitar <sighs> Dang. You just took my breath away. Take your breath away. I would. I. Ooh, I actually. I think Red Special is. It's it's more recognizable. I would say you could see a Blacklist Paul and be like, oh. I think Neil Young is definitely more famous than he, Brian May. Interesting. Yeah. Not I, necessarily more famous than Queen. Right. There's a difference. Well, then, then, uh, then you got to go. Well, because the guitar he played it in Queen though. So right. But he's still playing. Well, I guess he's technically still playing with Queen, right? That's a that's a they performed at the pickle Dave the Taylor Hawkins thing. Brian May was yeah Brian May did he play the uh, Red Special and the drummer Roger Taylor? Yes, thank you. Um, Yes, he did. Huh? I I missed that. No, did did I? Did I see that? We we had a whole episode. We did. Folks, go back a few episodes. Tell us what we did. Dude, here's I've got another this I put another gear thought in here and I don't remember why maybe you do. Okay. For some reason it says in honor of 180 degrees, ah, 180 episodes. Oh. In honor of 180 episodes. That's what that's supposed to say. Are you going to spin halfway around? What is something that you've done a 180 on? 
Where, where have you had a gear pinion shift? You, you've done a flip flop wow. gear in your life. That's I want to know. That's a great fucking question. I want to know something that you it could that have been maybe that I pod. didn't like, that I do like, or vice versa. Or vice versa. I would love to get into both. I mean, I don't know. Okay, that's, this is this, this is, is a freewheeling episode today. This is kind of. Do you have one off the top no, of your head? Because no, I, no. I want to think if I can think of a better one, but I'll just say what the first thing. Yeah, yeah. Let's just talk about it. Um, I. Well, this is a weird thing. I've done two 180s, technically. Yeah. On Wait, do you mean a 360? Kind of, yeah. You've but like, ba- you, but you throughout, my, throughout my life of playing, mm-hmm. I, uh, with Fender basses, particularly the P-Bass, I used to be like a big Ibanez or like Schecter and stuff like that. Early days, you were a, early days, sort of but a, the early a butt, a butt Early bass. days, like the first bass I ever got was a Squire. So the Squire 2, actually. Made and then did up. they just seem sort of like... Yeah, they old. just seemed kind of plain. And like the new metal thing, everyone was playing yeah. like Ibanez and stuff. And that was what my band was playing. Mm-hmm. So I think I bought an Ibanez after that. I think I had two Ibanezes through college. Ibanai. No, I'm just joking. Yeah, right? Uh, Ibanezes does sound strange. And then, yeah, I got back into Fenders like later. Like, you know, early... Jeez. But did you, I mean, did you hate, would you like, you'd like d- really disliked them or was it just like, Dude, yeah, I'm going to try, I'm like, yeah. I'm like into this other thing. I now. had a, I, in the, in the jam band I was playing with, the singer had a P bass that he just kind of owned a bass mm-hmm. and he was like, do you want to use it? And I was like, nope. And you know what it was too? I think I didn't like how they played because that one specifically didn't play good. My old yeah. squire didn't play good. Once you play one properly set up and it's, it's matched to the radius of the board. Dude, and all your that key kind of base. Stuff. Oh, so it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, but mine's no, that was no a big one eighty man. Cause I was a big, like two and two headstock kind of guy, you know? Ooh. And I kind of wanted a five string at one point and no, never, not again. Burber ding, burber ding. Yeah, exactly. Get yourself a Warwick thumb. Yeah, be fieldy or something. So what okay. A, so you had, you've done two one eighty, And that's so kind of a big three, one for me. Cause that's, that's like my, my thing, you know? So. That is your thing. That's so, your, it's your it's your divining rod. I think if I have any like smaller ones, but yeah, I think that's the big one for now. Wow. What about you, my friend? I I was been I've been so engaged in your story, <laughs> I really have wasn't thinking about okay. it. Mm, let's see. Is what is any? something that I've done a one? What's where I've had a big shift in opinion? I mean, I've certainly it, for the most part become much more open minded to having different types of things. Sure. But then in the same breath. When you look at my guitar, I like have a bunch of old guitar, like a little electrics that all kind of fit in the same category. So kind of, yeah. Interesting. Let's see. What's I'm trying to think. Like where you because I'm trying to go to that sort of source, like you did, where you know, obviously it's your what did you play? Yeah, yeah. I've always liked Les Pauls, and yeah, you know, I mean, I've had those. What about like uh, like pointy headstock guitars? Did you ever do a change in opinion on those? I'm I'm much more open minded to the to that sort of thing that I mean there it, but it's sort of the same deal where I was like younger I kind of like the classic thing. maybe it's maybe it's more of like a 540 because I've done like I was like younger and I didn't like it and then I started to like it because I like metal right but then I got really only into like classic vintage guitars and then now I'm back to so is that more of a 720 who it's hard to keep up <laughs> I don't know a lot of spins yeah, I don't know you right around Tony Hawk man exactly. <laughs> uh I do this is yes. Yeah, That's a really good tough. question. You know what? Man. Honestly, I think maybe the thing that I'm I, I would say is that multi effects. Like, ah. but it's the same deal. Where I like when I was young and I didn't really know any better, I got them because it was just like easy and I wanted access to a Portable. bunch of effects. Yeah, but everything. then once I developed like guitar tone opinions, I was like, "Fuck that! I'm going tube amps and right. freaking analog pedals." And I had fancy no, you know, true bypass boards and all sorts right. of stupid bullshit. 
And now I spend, I would say, at least half, maybe more of my time plugged in straight into a Kemper. Yeah, I would say that would be a, that would be the 180 is mm-hmm. where it wasn't where you your journey took you from the the bur- the first board you had into like the multiple pedals mm-hmm. thing, because that was just kind of what you could afford and what you had at the time. Right. Or it was just convenient. But then you were like, yeah, you know, I got to get all these boutique pedals and do all this crazy mm-hmm. stuff. And now you're like, ah, just plug it on, plug it in, man. Is this the fastest I can get to making sounds yep. and like have some tweakability, but mostly just like to have it taken care of? I think that's it. Dude, the worst thing ever is like, and I've, I've totally done this a million times where I don't like get an idea. I'm playing, you know, acoustic or just like electric clean or something, but I get an idea and then I go to like record and I go to like plug in everything. And it's like the, just the whole oh, inspiration has yeah. left me. I might even do the riff again, but it just doesn't sound like it did. Five Dude, that ago. almost kind of happened at the top of this. So we, I mean, we had, had ourselves a little yeah. technical snag. I was ready to right. like start diving oh, man. in, I was, and then yeah, I was we just like, boom, we were jammering on. Turns out, uh, all you gotta do is restart stuff, yeah. folks. But you you're right, have the to, like, literally tear your room apart finding XLR cables. But now you can, you know, if you want to get started on rearranging, you I were talking about that. doing yeah, that. We'll but anyways, yeah, I think, uh, I think getting the getting the sound out as fast as possible, like you said, that's that's key, man. That's everything. Once once inspiration strikes, get it out. Get it out. Sometimes you got to just do the iPhone if you got. That's why. I would say, yeah, 98% of the time is me just taking, and I do videos because otherwise I won't remember how to play the riff or whatever, the piano part or whatever. I do all videos now. It's Yeah, we did it last night. Just We kind of wrote like a new idea for a song at the end of practice. We were messing around, and it sounded awesome, and I go and I reach and get my phone, and I hit record, and I go, let's do it again, and it was it, dog, it was fine. <laughs> it, it was fine, but like the idea just didn't yeah. have the energy it didn't have. So Well, it's because you knew you were recording, too. Probably. Yeah, you a little changed bit. changed it. A little bit. Oh, that was a neat little sojourn into I like 180s. That, I liked it. Uh, if, it's a good if topic. You, if you had a 180 on something, folks, maybe tell us what it was. Drop us a line. And uh, and that's okay if that happens. You're just, we change. We're, we're people. We, I, we I predict I will have many more 180s throughout my musical career. I hope so. Yeah. It means you're, you're trying new stuff. Mm-hmm. You know who else is trying new stuff? The Prince of Darkness himself, Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> okay. Dude, he's he's still doing the like a thing. billion years old, and is still doing all kinds of crazy he ju- stuff. Didn't he's, he just release a record? Like he just put out a record, and not only that, my friend, have you heard about the Ozzy Osbourne collection? I have not. Ozzy Osbourne has designer jeans, way better than that. Okay, but good. I love the guess. Yeah. Give me another pre guess. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say like the clothing line, but yeah, give know. me one more, more off the um, wall guess. His own beer. Which would be weird because no, he's sober now. He's sober. Uh, <laughs> Damn it. All right. Now, uh, good guess. He, um, yes, the Prince of Darkness has been known to wear his share of makeup over the years. And oh, he now no. has his own makeup he's line. He's going full Kim 21 Kardashian, 21 separate pieces. Uh, they're like, there's a 14-pan eyeshadow palette. Uh, one shaped like a coffin, another like a bat. I Candles, Ozzy body tats, lipstick, cosmetic bags, mirrors, stickers. I love this. Etc. For for ten to twenty five dollars, depending on your needs and wants, you can get in on the Ozzy Osbourne dude. Collection. Fuck yes, man. It, I honestly I love this so much because I feel like it it actually fits into his like personality and stuff. It's great. I'm and people. Yeah. I think people would actually want to buy it. So I don't wear makeup, but I might buy some. I love it. Yeah. You know what I don't love? I think this next one might be a little bit of well. I'll, I'll let bummer? you form your own opinion, but I was okay. like, I don't know about this one. Uh, I'm just going to put this in the category of things no one's really ever asked for, and despite what the marketing materials say. Did you see Fender's new uh, Dalliance this week that was announced? No. 
Defender has teamed with, uh, I think it's pronounced Giro, maybe G I R O. Okay. Kind of on a collection of snowboarding goggles. <laughs> okay. There are now three different uh, goggles the Axis, Contour, and Method. Uh, that with like some random fender stuff sort of thrown in they like made the strap kind of look like a guitar strap oh they did Mm -hmm, like a tweed guitar strap hmm uh i mean i'm not a snowboarder you can now buy those i guess i feel like snow like maybe for it's for like kids or something it's kind of like they're no 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 they're they're definitely working with like pro snowboarders and stuff that i guess that makes more sense i I think i've seen the brand like now that i think about it yeah i do snow like i I knew oakley was the big one but yeah yeah, i think i've seen that brand too um i mean i don't i've never snowboarded but uh, so i I feel kind of weird giving an opinion but well dave i just want you to give since you've never snowboarded just give me a guess uh three 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 snowboard goggles give me a range bottom to top Oh, cost? for three different like yeah. types. Um, geez, this is I mean I don't know shit about snowboarding yeah. goggles. I don't know, a hundred to five hundred dollars. Great, great range. One forty to two seventy. Okay, two seventy for the big boys, huh? Yeah. Uh that's cool. I mean, I don't or know the, the contour. I believe they right, don't surprise me, man. Fenders had their their fingers in a lot of like merchandise type stuff, and like and don't. But didn't Gibson do that and then like fail hard and then have to get a new ceo and go bankrupt and stuff with and like, goggle well they were they went into way too many different types sure. of things that weren't just making gibson guitars and amps right and, well they, they just joined with billy reed to make uh high high-end men's fashion design right so They're and, women, doing and women's too i believe i don't know what's They're doing going the on damn anymore thing. Uh, I don't know. You seem really upset about this. I, I don't know. If I just it's, just it's just it's snowboarding goggles. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. Well, no, that's kind of my point though. I feel like it's kind of a gimmick. Like if you're a serious snowboarder, you're, you're gonna have like Oakleys or something like that, right? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe you're know. gonna wear a freaking strap on your head. Is it? Do, is it kind of at least like the cool vintage straps that we that we have like that we enjoy, like the soldier straps, like that? It style? didn't look horrible. I just I've, it just made my stomach churn a little bit. Just because they're like just stick to guitars, guys. I don't know. I'm just being a crotchety old ding dong. Ding dong. Get off my guitar. Maybe if you hit the strap. slopes this winter, you'll see some some fender goggles. My knee up. hurts. I don't fucking. <laughs> I'm too old anymore. for that shit. I, it's, yeah. Do you know, dude? I I saw this. I I don't know if you ever saw this story. I just saw this. I, maybe maybe it came out before and just resurfaced. I don't know the deal on this, but back in 2013, I a cool thing happened at a guitar store. Uh, there was this girl. Uh, she's 16 year old at the time. Julie Furman was at Rudy's in New York with cool. some friends and she's like oh, and a, she's a young guitarist but like you know is there as you are as you are as a teen you're like I'm just gonna go check out the stuff that yeah, I think is cool or whatever. and uh it actually really fallen in love with this per, per, one particular guitar anyways who walks in but freaking John Mayer and who, who was at the time dating Katy Perry with with both of them both of them walked in pop on into Rudy's that's insane so obviously this girl and her friends like right freak the freak out. Right, right. And they're all talking and he's like asking like, oh, is any, do any of you play guitar? And she's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And they take pictures together, blah, blah, whatever. So um, after they left, uh, they're, you know, like John Mayer and Katy Perry left already. And the girl and her friends are leaving. And the salesperson was like, no, hold on a second. Like, there's some, we have something for you. And she's like, what do you mean? She's like, this 
the guitar like she, it was this oh i've heard this story Epiphone yeah. el double o pro mm-hmm. he bought her and yeah. like made them wait until he left right he didn't to, want to be like present it to yeah. her and stuff yeah I, I have heard that story. i never heard that story oh, before cool. and it made me feel so warm and i wanted to share that one after uh, i love that after the after the bummer, bummer the, last the one. goggles it uh, just, i was like damn that's so awesome i i was like trying to find out if she still played yeah i was gonna say anything, i didn't know but i couldn't no like no but i just yeah it's one of those stories from like a long time ago i just like i don't feel like i ever saw I that i feel like i've heard that nice. and um i didn't know it was at rudy's though that's cool was that rudy's? yeah um yeah well taylor hawkins would do that to kids at guitar center all the time it's so badass they're playing drums and he'd just buy it for them and that's then the and then again walk out and the cashier would be like here this is what a gift that's a lifelong gift and it, the coolest thing is just not like posting about it and being like Ooh, like it's just yeah. like something you did to be nice and just leave it's so cool yeah jesus's number one rule is uh if you do a good deed make sure you post about it on the instagram <laughs> you know i gotta show you this i took a freaking i actually included a, you're gonna uh, yeah, i took i included a photo from this article because i want you to see what we're about to talk about the oh, last I love the last thing here in the freaking symphony this week all right Beefer of a symphony already. Uh, okay. Do you, for, I guess take a step back. Do you pay attention to the, like the metaverse or any of the stuff that's happening on? I try not to, man. <laughs> it really freaks me out, dude. <laughs> and that makes me sound like an old man, but I, it really scares I, me. Yeah, I don't. It's. I, I mean, I'm certainly not trying to, uh, in any way excited about our metaverse future. But I'm not like anti. I know it's going to happen, so I'm just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Sure. You know? Well, there's, of course, a lot of technology involved in making that virtual reality an actual reality. And part of that that hasn't really been solved and and people are trying to figure out is the idea of like speaking and, and sort of interacting that way where it's like outside noise and making that all work. But also like you can like yell and, and not disturb people around you. Interesting. Well. I discovered a piece of technology uh, known as a muzzle microphone Ooh. by a company called Mutalk or Mutalk, M-U-T-A-L-K, probably Mew, or no, I'm sorry, that's what actually what the, that's what the device is called, the Mutalk. The company is called Shiftall, which I guess belongs to Panasonic, so when you see this, just keep that in mind, um, which in my opinion kind of looks either like a combination between a torture device and like a like a smaller VR like a, another set of VR goggles. Okay. And it's I'm just going to I'm just going to I just want you to see this. Oh. Talking to the microphone. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> all right if you're listening to this right now uh you have to look up shift all mu talk the muzzle microphone oh wow that's terrifying dude that's you know what it looks like there's some silence of the lamb shit like those night vision goggles well the goggles yeah with the goggles because that's like obviously i mean those I, are vr I've, goggles those right? are vr goggles yeah. that, and those that's just like a different kind of them like right. i've seen other other just know, adds to the where terrifying it looks basically of like video. two of those yeah like it's it look kind of looks just like having another set of goggles strapped over but your mouth. This is like a plastic mask over your mouth. Yeah, yeah and with a strap around the back, mm-hmm. um, and it's wireless. But apparently, it cuts down the intensity of high of the high mid to high frequency sounds our voices at about thirty decibels, which uh, you know, I guess that's helpful that's a lot, right? To some people. So, yeah, it is. But to, at what cost, Dave? At what cost? 
yelling. Yeah. Can you imagine the gross humidity that and like oh, spit and everything like it's all stuck up on in there? Yeah, I'd, buying you, a used muzzle microphone. Oh, you wouldn't buy a used one. Or yeah. sharing of like your your. Muzzle oh yeah, like like let your, your buddy try it. Yeah, exactly. Oh no way, dude. Ugh. I'm weird about letting people use my mic, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is, and it is that's what it is, that is a mic. But I know, a, but just like it's a, a I mean like mic. a fifty-eight or something. Yeah, but that's super weird. I don't know. I uh, I kind of I'm I'm not surprised this uh, technology exists though, or is about to exist or yeah. something. I mean, it actually makes sense because what it'll horrifying. be is like horrifying. It'll be for like you know kids playing in their bedroom, parents go to bed, and they want to like walk around in the metaverse with their muzzle. Um, with their muzzle mics and their yeah. and their goggles and their body suits. We're getting there, man. We're getting there, bud. You know where else we're getting? Where are we getting? Oh, we're getting to Dave's docs. Get them notes out, bud, because I want to talk about. I think you. I think you might have told me that it's a wacky band. Uh, I think they're wacky. Yeah. Some people may not agree with that. Okay. The hardcore fans may not agree with that. I'm curious if you've listened to this band. Yes. They are from the late '80s, early '90s. Okay. Ooh, do um, I get to guess something? Do you want to guess? Yeah. <laughs> okay. They're they have a weird instrumentation set up. Okay. They're a trio. And that's about all I can really give you. If I give you any more, I think it'll give it away. But then again, if you don't really know who the band is or know their music. Weird instrumentation. They got set really, up. really famous, but almost like don't have any songs, in my opinion. But again, the the purists may get upset. Well, I'll just go ahead and tell you. I don't have a guess. You ever fuck with morphine? Oh, you know, honestly, not. I've heard some of their songs, but not really. I've never really d- d- dug in. It's never really grabbed me. So a buddy of mine does these tribute Horns, shows. right? So it's a baritone sax. Yeah. And then the lead singer, um, Mark Sandman, plays a two-string bass, but it's not fretless. He wears a glass slide on his finger, and all the riffs are like... like where Les Claypool got it from. A little bit less Claypool-y, but not as like slappy, like mm-hmm. wacky bass lines. Like almost... Actually, really cool bass riffs. Like, I gotta say. and the inst- Oh, and then the, the drummer started off... I think he played a full kit at some point. But he started off doing like a cocktail kit, which had the kick drum that goes up into like a floor tom. I don't think I know what you mean. Yeah. I always thought a cocktail kit was just a smaller drum set, mm-hmm. but apparently this- Oh, it, where it like nests, nests into it? Yeah. It, it's like the kick is under. It's like, imagine a floor tom, like a large floor tom, uh-huh. and then a kick pedal under it, but the kick goes, oh, the beater goes yeah, up into totally. the tom. Yeah. So you play like, so it just has a smaller sound to it. Right. And then, you know, like some, like a couple other toms and like a snare thing, you know, a couple cymbals, kind of not that crazy of a kit, but um, I think people played them traditionally like standing up. But he played it sitting down. Yeah, totally. But anyways, uh, so that was kind of his background. And then the uh, the singer was like, you know, he wasn't really, he was kind of a singer, songwriter, guitarist guy, overall great musician. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he's like, yeah, let's just get weird. I'm going to start playing this like slide. Let's just get weird. More people need to say that. Slide bass thing. Really? But it's. But was it a custom instrument? Like, what was it? Was it just like another bass ahead? Dude, I couldn't for the life of me figure. I don't know if it was like an old Tiesto or something. He, oh, he played a few, but all of them I couldn't recognize. Hmm. One kind of had a Fender headstock, but it just didn't look right. Um, but yeah, two strings in the. I believe they were the middle strings, so like the uh, the A and the D, or the G and the C, depending if you're me. on if you're you. Yeah, depending on how you have it tuned. And I didn't ask if it's standard tuning because I was watching a movie. Yep. But um. Apparently they have a huge, huge. We didn't. You didn't tell us what the name of the movie is. Called by the way. Following. All right. The band's called Morphine. The the movie's called Journey of Dreams. Okay. 
Uh, it's on YouTube. Twenty six came out twenty sixteen. Yeah. So is I, it an official doc with yeah. all the music and yeah interviews and by interviews the and, yeah. the band members and stuff. Um, yeah, man, it's it's cool. So they're from Cambridge, Massachusetts. Uh, they kind of played in like this indie scene where there was like this weird Massachusetts scene in that time, like mm-hmm. the late eighties. Um, and then they started to pick up fame in the nineties cause they were kind of weird. And then a lot of the alternative rock coming from the West coast was a little strange at the time, you know, like even when you heard Nirvana for the first time and you know, Pearl Jam. What year, like I'm that. sorry. Did you say what year they got together? Uh, I want to say it was like, they didn't say exactly, mm-hmm. but I think it was just like the late eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they got, Oh, 89 was the first gig. Um, no guitar player though. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know. They kind of go back and forth with these two drummers. One guy started to get really bad arthritis. So they hired this other guy, but they were all cool about it. Like it wasn't like a big deal. And actually the singer was kind of a dick. Cause he's like, no, you just have to play. Like, I don't care that you're in pain. Mm-hmm. And he's like, dude, I, I can't do this. So they kind of got each other's throats a little bit and they brought in this other fella. What do you, what do you generally like categorize? How would, what, what genre? Dude, that's the thing. Like, when people were describing him in the film, and I, I kind of agree, it's kind of, it's kind of well, obviously you can say indie rock, but like kind of sexy because like the vocals are kind of sexy. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's um kind of low, like almost like new wavy mm-hmm. a little bit vocal or style. No, no wave. Yes. Okay. Maybe. And then how does, is the horn, it's just sort of like doing stabs and playing melodies. Like what's, what's it doing? So the, so the horn and the slide bass do the, a lot of the riffs together and sing. Mm. So that kind of has a weird sound. Yeah. They have one song that you would have recognized had you heard it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause they played it at some point, but I don't think they had like singles really. It didn't seem like to me, but anyways, huge cult following on their first tour. They go on the road. They, they literally are like, uh, nobody we know like nobody's gonna come out and see us and they go to like Des Moines and like all these places and they make their way to the west coast and then back to the east coast and by the time they're coming back to the east coast they're selling out like every show they're playing like as soon as they got wow. to like Chicago it was like a sold out show and they didn't say where actually I was kind of looking to see if it was Metro Probably or something like Lounge that. Axe or some other yeah. <laughs> random place like that yeah, it's right. close Golden Dagger um, yeah anyways it just it was crazy they got super fucking famous and this like cult scene the radios were playing them uh national radios were playing this first record they did Hmm. because of the other music that kind of broke them into it you know just the other bands that kind of in that that genre i guess but they kind of have their own genre so it was weird too they got on like Lollapalooza. who else else would you put in that i cannot compare them yeah and it's really really weird i would like to put them on spotify and like do the recommended other bands comes up next yeah yeah and just kind of see um, but yeah, then they got on Conan, they, they were on Beavis and Butthead for a second. So like that instantly, like they, they checked the sound scan when they got on Beavis and Butthead and it was like instantly like, did they, did they make fun the of them? I don't remember. Oh, yeah. They didn't remember. show the clip. Unfortunately. I'm sure. I, which, I mean, if they were, I've probably seen it. If, cause <clears> I, I really liked Beavis and Butthead when I was a kid. Yeah, no, me too. But that was the thing. Like I learned a lot about bands by watching yeah. Beavis and Butthead. Um, then they, you know, they go to Europe, they start doing like 50,000 people tours. What? Yeah. I mean, uh, 50,000 people. Right. Yeah, venues. Venues. Yeah. Festivals. Huge, huge, huge festivals. They had this thing and I'm, I don't know if they headline every festival. This almost doesn't make sense. This might've been talking more about like local shows, but they never wanted to open for anybody. They always wanted to be like the last, like the headlining band, huh. which I thought was bold. Cause it's quite a stance. How old were they at this point when they're doing that? Not young. Like I think in their thirties. Okay. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting, man. Um, obviously like the kind of typical, you know, 
band stuff. They get tired of the road. They get tired of touring. They miss their families, like that kind of shit. Um, they start writing other albums that don't do as well as like the first two, I believe. And uh, how many? Do you know how many records they had? I want to say they were about to release their fourth, and then Mark passed away. Oh, very sad. Um, in Rome, <clears throat> he uh, they played a show in Portugal. It was like super hot. It was like record breaking heat. Hmm. And they did sound check, and the sun was like right on them. And they they show them like up there on stage, like they had a photo of it, and it was just like they're just getting destroyed by the sun. So they go, they chill, they get through the show, but you could tell he's like not feeling good. The next day they're in Rome, they have a day off, they wake up to do the show the next day, and he's just like not quite right on stage, and essentially he had like a heart attack on stage. Oh my god! Collapsed into his amp. The show obviously is like people are like what the fuck's going on. They get him out of there and he died in the hospital. So that's, oh. yeah, in in Rome, in wow. this place. What's kind of a horrifying, a little bit bittersweet about the story is they they did do a tribute show years later in the same at the same venue. Wow! And they brought out because nobody could really replace him, so they brought out all these musicians to like yeah, do his who, parts. Who could sing and play slide bass? People like just did it. They just mm-hmm. like figured it out, you know. And they're not like impossible parts, you know. I think sure. I do want to get a slide now and kind of try it. That was going to be my first question. Yeah. Have you tried it yet? But I think the two string thing works better because with a slide, it covers like the whole fretboard. Don't board. forget. I'll I'll just just take. I have a bunch of slides. Take one of mine. Okay. Go cool. try it. I want you. To, but I you I almost want to take off two strings because. Yeah. It, it just it's, mute them. Just put a little, little foam, oh, that's a good foam idea. on those strings. Yeah, because it feels like that would hit those strings and yep. kind of get in the way. So the two middle strings was very creative, um, mm-hmm. I thought. But um, fucking, fucking awesome story, man. Do you, are you? Would you consider yourself more a fan of the music now? Yes. And I, I don't know if I could like really listen to a whole record. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see them live if they were still around sure. playing. Um, but I, yeah, the, to me, like saxophone just gets a little. It's not your thing. It's not my thing. It's uh, I appreciate people who play it. I know how hard of an instrument it is to play. Mm-hmm. I understand that, but it's just not my thing. But I really like the, the vocals. Excuse me. I really like the vocals. I really like the slide bass stuff, and I like the arrangements of the songs. Like they were really interesting songs. Hmm. Um, yeah, I kind of wish you, I could play you a song just so you could kind of understand. You know, I've definitely. I know that I've definitely listened to Morphine. I just I couldn't even yeah. tell you. Yeah, what one of their songs was. Uh, and then of course, like there was like speculation: was he a drug addict? Why were they called Morphine? He collapsed on stage, but was not a junkie. Did mm-hmm. not do drugs. You know, maybe wine and stuff like that. Just but a cool name. Just a normal. Yeah, they they was actually more about. Oh, this was interesting. They mentioned this in the film, and I didn't really write it down. But the the whole the whole reason behind the name was like. Something about like like a morphine state of more of like a state of relaxation, like mm-hmm. a, not the drug morphine, but like the chemical. I forget what the chemical thing is called, but Just whatever. So whatever state of mind it induces, not the actual. Yeah, like, like more of like a state of euphoria mm-hmm. kind of thing, but not the drug itself. So they weren't. But people tried to get all shitty about it and stuff. Of course, people gonna be people. So well, uh, you gonna be people about it? What you give me that little. Give me that little, uh, little review, little, little yeah. I mean, I kind of kind of went through the gear spots. I think I pretty much hit he on did. that. He did play a cool um, bass rig in the beginning. It was you could tell it was like this hodgepodge, like full stack, <laughs> and the top was like the big, the big Music Man amps, like from the seventies. Oh yeah, you know the like the, like the tall hun- ones, the big tall HD one thirty, like something. that on the top, and then like a like a fifteen, and then like another cab, but nothing matched. It looked like it was gonna like fall over I on stage. I love that. It was so fucking like doom looking. It was awesome. Yeah. Um. So I thought that was a pretty cool standout thing. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not gonna ask you what kind of Selmer horn he was playing. Yeah, was, you got sorry, me there. Horn buds. Sorry, we, our we horn got buds. you. Sorry, Stingray. You Can't trombone. 
with a screwball. Yeah, you get a ding dong. <laughs> um, I will say this. The last thing I'll say is the interesting thing about the whole film is he kept a scrapbook from the first tour ever. Ooh. And it was all just photos, like Polaroid photos and just writing in it. And I think he had many. And uh, throughout the film, they're reading from it. So you get to really get like firsthand of like what they were going through and stuff. And I, I love that kind of shit, like mm-hmm. super behind the scenes type stuff. So that was neat. Dude, that just, I, I don't think I remember it until this moment and I now need to look for it. I, when I did a month tour, took did you have kept a scrappy? A, I, I didn't do scrappy, but I kept a, a journal yeah. and wrote every Dude. day. I've got to see if that still exists yeah. somewhere. Oh my God. You should, man. We could read That's a, just like, read I feel some this excerpts. like weird fucking, Sorry, it's just like this old memory washing over me that I yeah. for, 100% that completely forgot. forgot. I, I can like picture the notebook. It had like a brown. Oh, cover. Knowing you, you have it somewhere. Oh, God, I hope I'm, I'm gonna. If, if I remember, well, actually, well, I'll definitely remember once I edit this thing. So yeah. at some point within the next couple of days, yeah. I'm gonna be digging. Dude, through we some should shit read an excerpt from it. It'd be fun. Oh my God, if I you're willing I, I to re- share. If I mean, it's probably horrifying, but yeah. uh, you know, we'll find it. We'll find if something. I find there. it. We'll do it. Um, so I gave it eight out of ten slides. <laughs> there you go. I couldn't really, you know. That's great. Sum it up. Any Take a slide before that. when you leave. I insist. yeah. Remind I want me. you to that's do that. So funny, dude. And it, you nice know, one, man. That's I love when you because that's a band that I just I literally sometimes I just go about. for it. Um, that they, they came sometimes up, I just well, go for. It. I love watching like films about bands. <laughs> I grip I it, love. And rip it. I, I grip it, and rip it, dude. Ripping and tearing, but uh, but yeah, man, it's actually a funny thing because my buddy is doing. He's doing one of the tribute shows. I think they just performed it. Oh, so he was taking part of this evening where groups of musicians were going up and playing, you know, 20 or 30 songs, but they were each doing like two or three songs. So he did one of, he did two of their songs or whatever. So where, you, where was that? Uh, I don't probably Reggie's or something like mm-hmm. that, I would guess. But, but that kind of turned me on to like the, the name. And I was like, I think I've heard that. And then he was talking about you it. Just, you just did a little digging. You pulled the thread. And then I was like, oh, I'll see if they have a documentary. And they sure Great, do. man. So. Thanks. That's, I, I love Dave's docs. And just for anybody who who missed the... Uh, yeah, the beginning. What's that called? The again? name of it is called... It had a good name. Morphine. Journey of Dreams. Journey of Dreams. Oh, little cheesy. Yeah. All right. There he is. We'll, we'll go with it. Oh, man. Thanks. That was so good. Yeah. I love a Dave's doc. And now, now I'm excited to listen to a little Morphine. I'm also excited to get into a little future gear because it's time for Nope or Dope, Bucker Yuck. Let's talk about some new freaking gear. And I don't know how we missed it, Dave, but a couple weeks ago, maybe I was in, in the freaking... Maybe you were out in South Central America. Maybe. I don't know what was going on, but freaking... It was it was all the way back September 22nd, and that's a long time in the fast-moving gear world. Yeah. It was announced that Fender was uh, upholding their annual tradition of doing their crazy master shop 13 guitars for the year sort of deal right i thought it's, we did talk about that we yeah. never no well you and i it, we were texting we, about we were it. texting about it uh, but we somehow never talked about it on this year's show mm-hmm. and you know that seems like that would be something that we'd want to talk about You'd dave think. and uh that's right they call it the 2022 master built collection it's electric guitars and basses uh everyone in the custom shop currently working there uh made one all the master builders all 13 of them and I kind of want to just kind of scroll through it a little bit because I, I feel like I want to, I just, what was your, what was your sort of general opinion? I know we talked about it a little bit via the text messages, but how did you feel about the collection as a whole? Did you have any sort of general thoughts on it? I liked, I think I liked one of the bases a lot. There was, oh, there was definitely that one base it that was like we it had really like a, liked. It had like a mismatched It was made stuff. by uh, Vincent Von Tricht. It is a 51 precision based journeyman relic yeah. uh, and it was black with a like a gold foil type 
uh, single pickup in the middle. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes. And uh, I think that one was was actually both our favorite, which is interesting to me that like of all of the actually I would say that's my tied for favorite. I had one other thing that I did really like, but that's we'll, we'll come to that. In general, I feel like it was kind of just like a samey not super so you, there's usually at least one like super over the top crazy creation and yeah, i feel yeah. like a lot of these were kind of yeah. um i mean they're cool yeah the man the this i think i think i'm officially hitting the need to get a new ipad zone like i can't even oh, get no. the, like, the, the website is just like it's trying a, to reload the doorstop like, freaking dude. out right now uh but and that's okay because there there are there isn't that much that i actually really wanted to say about it it's just kind yeah. of that like i felt a little disappointed i was a little disappointed uh with the whole thing there there was also uh there was i can't again the thing's all freaking i'm trying to load it right now it's just like jumping all <laughs> over the place there were a couple of tellies that looked like exactly alike mm-hmm. there was one that i really liked i think it was called the buffalo telly that had a bunch of really super interesting and i wanted to say the artist's name but i can't because the the site's just freaking out um the art the inlay work on the body itself as well as the fretboard and headstock was like fucking next level it was some of the coolest stuff i've ever seen it was very sort of south like vintage southwestern u.s yeah gold rush era looks to it and it was absolutely beautiful that was of the guitars that was my favorite which you know i don't know like another like i i want to i want them to push i feel like they're they kind of used to do that a little bit more yeah like make crazy stuff and i well, they didn't really do it this time i mean you guys are the master builders like where's the marauder at you know what i mean with carlos and <laughs> making sure castadosa is. guitars and maybe that's what was missing from the mix i think you could, you, i mean you might be onto something i there was a really ca- kind of striking purple guitar what was the only other one yeah. that i feel like really stood out to me it was uh they tried tr- i read the thing it was a strat and they it tried a new type of i was like a like undercoat and it oh, wound yeah. up sort of like staining the wood in a really interesting way so like all right let's like super lean into lean into that so it was an, an entirely purple guitar like head to, head to toe neck and everything uh, neck and everything yeah. so um, that, that was a kind of neat i actually really liked it. it was just like pretty but it was also pretty standard it was just like three single coils and you know whatever. yeah that's i guess that's where i wish they'd go a little crazier it's mm-hmm. like you're doing a strat okay it ha- maybe and maybe there's a criteria we don't know about but it's like is it not a strat then if they put the different pickups in it or something like that's okay i mean they Make have the paranormal people will still buy that stuff, sheet well so speaking of buying it yeah what are we talking here you got to order one yeah so they only made one of each didn't they they only made one of each they range from i'll i mean i'll just tell you it's it's they're master built so they're i think the cheapest 20, one was 000. in the like no there it was more like eight. Oh, okay and then they went up to like 15 i want to say oh okay uh, but again, it, that's but like, the idea is they make the one prototype and then they'll build you one if you want to order it. Just no, like that. no, no, it's just that's it. That's oh, just that one, one of each. That's interesting, man. Yeah. That actually makes it a little more valuable if you think it about does, it. and that's why I want them to push it a little bit harder yeah. because that's what like that they can just make whatever and they're inspired by. You're like, it's oh, just it just like, looks different. It just it's just like an orange telly. There are two orange tellies. <laughs> yeah. I'm not joking. Like, I know. It was just like it was just like straight up straightforward. I, I, I did like that P base with the gold foil pickup. See, there that you was go. beautiful, and it was something different. They don't issue a gold foil pickup. Right. Anything. They had to make that special for that. Yeah, I think that's really cool. And I liked how the back of that had a different uh, finish. Exactly. Than the top. Yeah. Kind of like a, like a Les Paul. It was, style. it was very it very much felt like a Les yeah. Paul in that way. I, I really I liked, liked that. It. And it was it had binding on the body too. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's very cool. 
So yeah, it's but it's a fifty-one P base. Like, come, I mean, that's that's awesome. But like, I want them to make something like that. Just with like totally fire crazy looking. I don't know. Yeah, go, I know what you go, mean. Go crazy for Put us. Some, uh, smoke Bender. smoke bombs under the pickups. Or something. Do, yeah, go ace freely. <laughs> Speaking of that, hey Gibson, they announced a new faded series this week. Which first of all, we need to start. Hey, did you see these? No. So Gibson historically has made something called the faded series, yeah. which was like the cheaper like the lowest end of but the But I kind of like them cuz they don't put like the heavy finish on them and stuff. Right? Yeah, but they just they're just not as they're they're not, they're just as not nicely made. As, they're more yeah. sort of like factory stamp mm-hmm. thro- thrown together a little bit. Um but now Gibson has made this new faded series which isn't that anymore. Hmm. It's actually pretty much like they're just sub I would say just sub custom shop line it's not custom shop but it's probably like the top of the standard range right right right. and there are six guitars in it three electric three acoustic there's a 50 style lester 60 style les paul and then a 61 sg with vibrola and then there's three acoustics a hummingbird a uh 30 style j35 and a 50 style j45 uh one thing i've noticed by the way i feel like we talked about these last year what happened to those gibsons with the hole the, the hole in the top was, was that just a thing for a second? Whatever happened to those? Or or maybe they're still making them. I don't know. I feel like I've never, literally never seen, ever since we talked about them, I've never seen them like released or in the wild. Or Yeah, even, you're absolutely right, at, man. Like, I didn't even think about that. CME or anything. I don't know what ever happened That's to That's really interesting. Weird. I wonder if they were just like, maybe it was more expensive to manufacture, like to cut the extra hole in it. And all I don't know. I don't know what don't the deal know. is with that. Uh, but just, yeah, I think these are good guitars. I just am kind of, I don't like that they're now confusing the market with calling yes. them the faded series because what they are, they're the same. It's like the same as their like 60 less Paul, but uh, they've like faded. It's basically a satin finish. They've right. like kind of faded the the nitro outside. It's not a relic or anything like that, no. but it is. It, it does will look, wear if you absolutely. Play enough, yeah. Uh, I, I did you look at them? No, I didn't see this article. Okay. They they look okay. They look um, better than the ones. The first series, right? then a, like the original faded series, a thousand percent. And are they? Are, do they still carry on with the original faded models too, or is these no? They don't these make are replacing those anymore. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. It's still just weird. I, the yeah. one that actually I really did like was one of the. Uh, I think it was maybe the humming. Yeah, the hummingbird. Okay, acoustic. That's kind of cool. Looked nice. I like a nice that. like kind of matte acoustic. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know what? Going back to like confusing the market, I think mm-hmm. that's interesting because. Fender kind of has done the same thing with like the American Vintage series, which you have an AVRI Jazzmaster, right? That's right. And but then in 2013 they changed it to like it mine's the 2012, if I remember right. Correctly. You had the last year, I think, mm-hmm. before they switched it, and then they went to like this. And yours is a 62 reissue, but then they had like the vintage 65, and mm-hmm. it has like binding on the neck. Yeah. But then they went to like now they have the American Original series, and it's so it's just like is that what replaced the AVRI? Yeah, they just keep replacing them, and I don't know if that's just part of like how you run a company, you just kind of keep updating things Maybe. like that. And maybe it's only good for 10 years or something. But it seems like they're doing that with this. Hmm. But hopefully these are a higher quality. They're definitely higher quality. I just, it seems, yeah, I just don't, I don't, I feel like they could have just called it something else. Are they doing like binding on them and stuff like it's, that? It is literally just like the same, they're like the same construction oh, okay. as like you would so, buy a hummingbird right now, but they're sort of just like satiny looking, hmm. I think. And maybe, maybe they might've even changed the tops a little bit. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure on that, but it's, it's all, it's all like higher end yeah. stuff for sure. So it's at this point that, of course, I need to ask you yeah. uh, what you think the prices are on these things. I don't think they're going to be as much as like the brand new, like a Gibson Les Paul standard is well, like, you know, twenty. We'll see. So there, again, there's 50s and 60s Les Paul, a 61 SG, uh, J35, J45, and a Hummingbird. 
I mean, I'm just averaging them out right now. I want to put them in like the $1,500 range, I think. No, man. So the SG and the 30s acoustic, which is the cheapest one, are $21.99. Oh, they do a 30s the acoustic? Les Pauls. I like that. Yeah, I didn't like how this one looked. I'll be Did it have the, like the big out. weird body? No. Like, oh, okay. No, it's not. It's like in the from the Jumbo series, but it's I don't know. You should check it out. I yeah. didn't really like it that much, to be honest. Uh, and then the Les Pauls and other the j45 um are 24.99 and then the hummingbird is 34.99 dang yeah I know. oh dang not cheap so they're they're expensive guitars but not custom shop again right not, not custom shop but i'm and you know this one i gotta make sure i'll send you i watched like a the gibson video and i'm you know i because I, I was really curious about these things i want you to check them out i want to know what yeah. you think about them yeah it's I, co- I think the les paul the 60s one is maybe my favorite looking one of those because it's it's like that lemony thing right. but that looks good with a faded yes faded it does look, faded fin yeah it's interesting man because i've been looking at um again i think like there's there there's there's definitely this like vintage kind of movement going on with guitar builders right now i feel like is there i think so okay. i mean you know it's tell just, me more well, I mean, like, they're just reissues are, like, it seems to be a very popular choice for mm. people, you know? Maybe they're built better. Maybe they're just more attractive. Maybe the vin- maybe the whole vintage, like, thing, Dude, I people saw can't afford the real thing. An interesting, and I'm, just, I'm sure this is a thread that happens a lot, but I just saw it on the My Les Paul forum uh, about if, you know, same price effectively, would you choose vintage or would you choose right. custom shop? right. I'd go vintage for sure, but that's well. You know, we. I think you and I stand. Yeah, I. I think the people that and, and interestingly in the less in the Miles Paul form, I you know just sort of scrolled through a few pages sure. of it to see, and the overwhelming majority said custom shop. Yeah, interesting. And I think that that's kind of an access thing. Like you kind of neither of us wound up like the vintage instruments that we have. They weren't our first ones. You know, like you kind of have to try a lot. You have to play a lot. You like buy, sell stuff. You you know, there's stuff comes in and out like you maybe upgrade or whatever. I think some people just have tried like because there are many bad vintage guitars. Absolutely. You know, so maybe you only tried one or two bad ones and were like, oh, that's that's not for me. I don't like yeah. this. I'm just going to like stick with this custom shop thing that's like replicating that in a modern way. But if you if you get the if you are fortunate enough and like for stick with stick-to-itiveness enough to go and seek some stuff out yeah then you'll find good ones and oh then, yeah and then and to me that's the most magical yeah. instruments that i've played have been have been vintage guitars I, I think you're right absolutely and i think there's two other factors on top of that Ooh. i think one and we've discussed this but i'll just glaze over it real quick uh one you've got the 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 boomer geezers who were like they were just tools we sold ours back in the 60s when they weren't mm. worth anything and one they might be a little bitter uh, and just be like, I have my new dad rocking guitar in the garage. 96 quite bitter beings. Right. And then two, so I think there's that demographic and those, that might be a lot of the people on that forum too. You know, just like, I think that's a great call. Just that, that demo. And then two, I think there are people that kind of like a car, they just want to be the first one to ever own it and never play it. (sighs) That is a wonderful I'm not that guy. And I'm not that guy. And I, I think a lot of, I think a lot of people listening to this too probably aren't, aren't that type of person. But I just don't want. I don't want a brand new. Ride it hard and put it back wet. Yeah, and just and just wax on, wax off. <laughs> but here's the thing, I think you have. So you have that mentality of there's a lot of people that are like, dude, I can get a brand new custom shop, or I can get something that someone's played for thirty years. Mm-hmm. Yuck. And I'm like, to me, it's not yuck, but some to people me it's are like, like oh. thank you because now you've put in all the hard work. Yeah, to and now it just sounds and plays sound amazing. Awesome. Yeah, I know. So there's a few factors there for sure, but um, I'm surprised by that. Actually, yeah, 
Uh, dude, so much more gear. Uh, Boss has released another addition to the Wazacraft line this oh, week. Oh, cool. Uh, this is that they just announced this maybe yesterday or the day before. Uh, DS One this time, F- like finally, they're I, they're you know most popular pedal of all time. They right. have released a Waza version, and it, as you might guess, it is the DS One W. Uh, <laughs> not only uh, it was a flag, the flagship 1970 unit, their first ever distortion pedal. It was one of the earliest compact stomp boxes. And I want you to guess it's their top selling pedal. How many, how many, uh, freaking units have they sold of the DS one since 1978? Oh my God. 50,000. 1.5 million. Oh boy. That was way off. That's a lot. That's a lot of freaking that includes orange pedals. From, oh, all the way all up the way until since present 1978. Okay, cool. Uh, and this is their uh, this is their Waza version. The first one is a recreation of the original Japanese 1978 circuit, which has changed a lot throughout the years, uh, delivering the quote authentic sound of the original in every way. Uh, it's a t- it's a two gate two stage gain circuit, uh, which if I mean if you've heard 90s rock, you've you know what that pretty much sounds like. I think if mm-hmm. you I, the DS1 to me is kind of like. You love it or you hate it, kind of sound like Kurt Cobain had one. I'm pretty yeah, sure. He, uh, yeah, he, yeah. Everyone in the '90s sort yeah. of had one at some at some point, but he definitely used one of those. Famously, yeah. The, the, I don't, I don't hate it, but there's, they're just, they're just, it's just not my. It's not my sound. thing, yeah, for sure. And but I didn't. One of the things I didn't re- really realize about that circuit is that the tone knob on that isn't just as simple as like more or less. Right. Yeah. It, it actually, as it goes through the the sweep, it both increases and decreases things at the same time so it goes oh, like okay. more bass and less trouble all the way up to less bass and more trouble interesting right? is that uh is that on the old ones too or is that just yeah for the it is okay. and then the other side which is the switch there's another switch on there that's the only difference to go from c to w which is the waza mode to my ears sounded i think better a little more modern a little more gain on tap but it's not as the thing i don't really like fizzy style gain like distortion mm. pedals the that fizz sound is not yeah, my it's jam. a good way to describe and it. i think it 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 kills some of that for me but also gives it a little more of that kind of, i don't want to say gent but a little more of just like a modern kind of distortion sound uh and in the demos that i checked out they it, that sounded good i like that so nice. um it does seem to add a little more mids as i think uh you'd, mm. you'd be into as my, my mid men do you like a mid you do like a mid a bear midriff. Uh, <laughs> Start wearing those <laughs> all day, baby. You're in for a treat, buddy. Uh, but yeah, it, it, all, I guess I didn't realize all of the Waza pedals also have a fancier bu- uh, buffer circuit. Every boss pedal has a buff- buffer, except for maybe a couple of examples. But uh, the the Waza ones have a fancier buffer, so that's one of the other things you're paying for. But on top of that, it's just it's you know it's the original DS1 with a new circuit on a switch. Hmm. So I'm doing the thing. Hey, I saw some Waza headphones on Sweetwater's uh, site. Waza phones? Remember we talked about those like a while ago? Was that the ones where you like plugged in a little thing to your guitar and then yeah. it was like a portable guitar player? Yeah, and they thing? have like the Waza logo on the side and stuff. Dude, and, I love cranking a Waza logo well, one in the public. They're not cheap, dude. The used ones that I found on Sweetwater were like 400 bucks or something. What? Yeah. No way. Three or, three oh, or 400. Boy. Yeah, they were up there. What do you think this uh, Waza pedal cost? 250 149 Man. the original ds1 itself brand new is what like 60 or 70 bucks yeah. they're not but then i could expensive. assume that the old ones are very collectible the old ones are expensive yeah so 149 cool what else we got here we're gonna uh, talk about jobo's uh signature let's do it let's talk about let's jobo's get into it, signature uh epiphone has released or i don't know if they're, it's out yet but it is releasing the uh joe bonamarcer's 1962 335 in cherry 
Mm-hmm. Only cherry, too. Only cherry. Yep. Uh, back, the story goes that Joe Bow back in 96, somehow got himself a 1962 335, used it on his first solo record. And then fast forward 2001, he's moving cross country, needs the money, sells the guitar. Sad. Eventually gets it back. Right. And then this is the guitar that they then yeah. did all it's the a cool story. Where they, yeah. Where they, you know, modeled it and brought it in and tried to match it for this Epiphone release. And as the 20th anniversary of this record approached, they're like, yo, let's let's do it. Let's get this guitar. Let's get that record out. Sell it with a guitar. You're reunited. Let's yeah. reunite you with some more Jobo cash. What do you think about Friggin it? You're a 335 kind of guy. It looks nice. I'm yeah. sure it's fine. I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, the price I'm imagining, I balk at that, at that level of expenditure for an Epiphone. Same always. Here. Always. You know, you're you're definitely creeping into the land where you, if you if wanted to, not even just like a new one, like that, like maybe had a broken headstock or something. You're like some if someone's desperate, you're you're getting close to the territory where you could get like a cool older guitar, absolutely, like a Gibson. Yeah, you could get a you could find a Gibson for that for that range. So, why do you think- and some of them either you can't? I, I'm not. I don't. It wasn't clear where. I'm not sure if it's like the twelfth fret or something. But the, it mentioned something that. You can get it with or without the Joe Bow signature inlay. Yeah, I don't. I Which mean, I would imagine them to just always. Well, that's kind of where I was going. No. Uh, why do you think they did an Epiphone and not a Gibson? Because to me, hmm. Epiphone, it, I don't know. I, I shouldn't assume, but like it, it kind of just says more like, I don't want to say beginner. They're great, great instruments. That's absolutely for the best bang for the buck, I guess. And that's kind of where I'm going with this. If you're going to drop some cash, why, why did they do. Why didn't they just do like a Gibson model for like a thousand bucks more? I think the demographic of people who who listen to Jobo really love his love his playing. They can afford a Gibby over an Epi. Maybe I mean they're you know they're older age bracket. You and know Epi they're not Gibby. like kids in high school for the most part. It's interesting. You know I'm trying to. Is there a signature Jobo? Maybe Gibson? there already is, and I'm totally, totally. I don't know. That's interesting. Might have to look that up. For I, I feel like they maybe symphony next week. I, does he have a signature V? I'm trying to remember if he has a signature Gibson. I mean, I feel like I've seen him in a thousand Gibson adver- advertisements, but I, I can't remember if he has a specific signature. Maybe How does a like Firebird. The, n- the number one collector of like Gibsons not have a signature? I don't because he's already got all of them. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, I that's interesting. I I I think he, well, he's got a signature Epiphone Les Paul. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I don't know. That's I mean, dude. I I feel like I need to do some more digging. I can't. I can't remember. Maybe I'll throw in the symphony. Next so week. what I was thinking. What yeah. my, my takeaway from this guitar is I like the inlays because I don't believe. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I don't believe that like the. I get those ads all the time from Sweetwater. They're like, dude, get a three Epiphone 335 for 349 right now. Mm-hmm. You know, under 400 bucks, and but that's a dot inlay though. I'm pretty sh- sure. I think that's a. Is that a Sheridan? No, the Sheridan's a little more. That's actually that's a fancier looking guitar. I think the Sheridan. But how, this is a three thirty five. Three thirty five. Oh yeah, dot. Maybe yeah. this. Oh, the studio dot. Maybe it's the I studio. Think, yeah. Okay, that's what yeah. it is. This does seem to have. It has the Gibson three burst bucker pickups or something like that. It right? does have Gibby pickies. Um and and CTS leckies. The other thing I didn't really care for on it, uh, aside from the price, which is the my biggest letdown on it, was the um the badge at the bottom. Did you see that? Where it says custom shop? Yeah, I don't really. Well, that's what that's what it really has on the three thirty five, back oh. then. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I don't like it. Okay. Yeah, I'm back that's, on board. That's, that's that's a real thing. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. 
I thought they just tapped it on there. I was like, man, check this out. No, no, that's yes. Back in that in that early, in that era, they would sometimes have that badge oh, down no, there to cool. co- cover up where the, um, like if it had if it had had a uh, stop tailpiece, mm-hmm. that's where the bridge would have been. Okay, yeah. So I don't know. I'm tempted to get an Epiphone three thirty five at some point, but I don't know if it'll be the the. I don't think the it's Jobo gonna be Jobo. Sig. I don't think we'll find you something different. I think we're good. Hmm. You know what else is good? A couple more th- gear pieces of future gear we got to talk about future here. Future gear. Oh man, which one? Let's go with. I feel like this is something we've been pay- paying close attention to, so I might as well do a quick update on that. Uh, Laney has entered the making a cool low power amp with tubes and also a two notes torpedo thing built in. Okay. But it's specifically the Laney Supergroup, which if you're uh, a diehard Tony Iommi and Black Sabbath fan, you'll know where the amps that he used in the early days of Black Sabbath. Oh, sweet. And um, they've basically taken the circuit from that, made it a lot quieter down. It's like three watts or switchable down to like 0.5 watts or some bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, still has tubes like, the, what does it have? Uh, ECC83s, which is like 12VX7s, and a 12BH7 power tube, which I'm not familiar with. Um, but it's low power. You can still run it into cabs and do all that sort of stuff. But then it also has freaking the two notes torpedo deal built in where you can use their software. It includes IRs. You can load your own. It also, I didn't realize they actually have a two notes has a shop called wall of sound. It's like an, an e-shop and you can actually buy more IRs from two notes and okay. then just, just dump them into all your stuff. Oh, that's really cool. I like that. Yeah. So um, according to Laney, the supergroup has now become Tony Iommi's go-to guitar amp for the recording studio. All right. Yeah. So, so again, they, they're they're actually and and this is something that you and I were talking about specifically. They're positioning it as a quote real plugin, where it's that sort of thing where it's like you have all the real analog stuff, the but physical. they made it super easy to just plug it right into your pewter and then have the, future, the sounds. Yeah, like a lot like that uh, electroharmonics thing we were talking about. The EHX Big Moth, yeah. it's the that that Rev amp that you used. Yeah. I mean, that I feel like this this really is this is the next wave, and it's happening, friends. So so Strap get aboard and start shredding. What do you think? Such an amp with again three or 0.5 watts of power can run direct to your amp to your computer can run drive cabinets all the blotity blotities what do you think that that's going to cost yeah it's a tube tube yeah i don't know 1500 dude 849 that's not bad i know because kind of like well that's the used rev territory for sure that's used and that yeah so imagine when this bad boy hits the market you know might be dipping my toes did you ever i don't know much about laney amps i've seen them around Uh uh-huh I thought they were like for metal bands or something. Like I guess I mean like new metal kind of sure. shit. You know, uh, and I've played. I've been able to play a bunch. We actually, for some reason, when back in my Zounds days, we had a bunch of them come in at one point, and I got to try like all the different kinds. Yeah, they actually at one at one point. I don't know if they're still making them, but had a line of very similar to sort of like Fender's, um, you know, Deville or like that line where it was like the they all kind of look the same with the 410 or the 212 or right. whatever look and the badge on the front. They had a very similar line to those at one point that I liked. Okay. Those were good amps. Uh, I've been able to play a couple. I don't know if I've ever played a super group, but I've played lane, old vintage Laney amps, a couple of their heads and they were sort of more to, in my opinion, more sort of like the, 
high watt, but like maybe a little more gain. Like high watts are just fucking loud, you know. Yeah, and, and these are loud too. But like you could you could get a little more crunch out of them, sure. I guess. But I, I've I've always liked them. I've never I've never owned a Laney myself. I know nothing about them. I didn't know they were still a company, to be honest. It's not the same original company. They've definitely okay. things have moved, you know, around, moved around and, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, that was that was uh, I was actually kind of excited when I was reading about. It. I was like, oh, this is going to be in that like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen hundred territory. And when we got to eight forty nine, I was yeah. like, oh, this is all of a sudden something I would consider maybe wanting to have in my life. Did you listen to any demos of it? And there? it sounds that's the thing. It sounds good. Nice. And it's not a really nice there. I saw some stuff where people were still running pedals and stuff into it, too. So it's a nice platform for that kind of thing. Cool. But then also, again, by the way, I just plug it into a cabinet and you still got a freaking amp, you know, right. and just crank it in the room. That's the best part. You know, I like yeah. cranking. So check out that Laney. It's the Laney Supergroup Studio, I believe. Let me double check that Laney or Studio Super. The LA Studio Supergroup is what they're calling it. Okay. Pretty neat. Hell pretty yeah. pretty neat. You want to talk about one more piece of gear? Yeah, bro. All right. Well, finally, we're going to talk about something that I actually think is super cool. And it is made by another amp company called Blackstar. So we're sticking in with the British uh, amp companies, I guess, is the, the way we're closing this one down. I've got a I've got a I've got a Blackstar. You've got Blackstar in, our, in, our in the space. Yep. That's right. Okay. So we can we can talk. We can talk. The British band has introduced <clears throat> the latest entry into its Department 10 range. So they've had this range of pedals. Blackstar, if you don't know, is a, an amp company first and foremost. They make a bunch of different amps and then they start making pedals. They had this Department 10 range, which we've talked about on here. But this is a new addition and something different and something that I think is actually really cool. And it is a fully fledged pedal amp. Not the first company to do this, right? There are other companies that make amps, amplifiers that can live on your pedal board. But I think this one does it really well and does some things sort of different that I think are cool. So it's for, let me just get out of the way. It's solid state, which as far as I'm concerned for every pedal is the right decision, right? I I think we're, I think we're fairly anti tube pedal round gear buds. Yeah, well, we talked about them. I think last week how they're just more delicate, just right? a little more delicate. I don't want to. I don't want to be jumping on because once you break that tube, you're, you're got done. A real problem on your hand. So this is a solid state amp, uh, hundred watts into eight or sixteen ohms, which is freaking awesome. That's plenty. Uh, it has three different preamp voices and five different power tube responses. So that's like the interface looks very clean and simple. It's like pretty simple knobs, and you just choose like, is, do you want like a american sort of clean preamp or do you want like a little more of a crunchy preamp or do sure. you want like higher gain it's kind of fun and then you match that with i think it was usa uk and flat flat is designed so that if you're running um preamps or yeah. stuff in front of it just like you can you're just not it's getting just any a, preamp it's sound. just making sound then you get to the power amp voice right and that's where you can also then uh have some some options it's kt88s 6l6s el34s 6v6s and el84s so they're not trying to give you any sort of like marshall or like although i'm sure you know draw your own conclusions with the el34s but that's not how they're positioning it. they're saying like a power tube section with these type the characteristics of these power tubes right. which i think is a nice way to actually approach that uh, they're calling um, it's uh, there's also a linear option, which, again, is sort of just like transparent, removing any sort of tube, quote unquote, characteristics on yeah. there. 
again, especially if you're using like a fully modeled setup in the preamp section, like say you're using, for instance, like a neural quad cortex or a line six helix or the fractal pedal or the Kemper pedal, where it's just like, you've got everything already completely taken care of and you just want super clean power. That's awesome. That'll do that too. That's really cool. Uh, so, and it's also power switchable. So it's scaled from hundred Watts down to 20 down to one watt. So you can really kind of tailor that to whatever your scenario requires. And then, and I think this is super smart. So like I said, it's very simple, very clean, just like EQ gain volume that these like couple of selections that we've talked about. And then, so it has a foot switch to turn it on and off. And then another foot switch for fucking reverb. Like Ooh. what else do you need? Right. I love my Give me a little switch. verb. That's right. Now, that's all awesome. That's great. It sounds it sounds awesome. It does. It's very simple. Nice to use. All everything that you want, but it also comes loaded. And here's where it's going to get a little future geary with the brand's Cabrig simulator technology, which, as you might expect, is basically IR stuff. So yep. with all sorts of DSP and this architecture software that you use on your computer, should you want to, you can super tweak everything. We're talking like many different microphone combinations, cabinets. Uh, speaker types, position on the cabinet, you name it, you can you can totally change it. And uh, that's where I think it, it gets really cool because, again, it's like the most simple thing. Like you can just plug right into it, have really good sounds, or connect it via USB to your computer. You can do the IR thing. You can get go as deep and crazy with it as you possibly want. That's a lot of stuff going on. And, yeah. Um, it's tons of software options. But again, you don't have to use that stuff if, yeah. you, if you want to. Like it's just it, it's, you can just use it. It's ready to go. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm I'm interested in it because I think it's there are a lot of things doing this, but this type you know there are, people have been making pedal amps for a while. Sure. But I think that this for me is a solid state uh, amp, something that I'd actually want to have. This is the first one that I'm like kind of gassing on a little bit. Really, a solid. Yeah, state. I know. Interesting. Um, I'm going to tell you my last and and what what might be the linchpin. It has a, you know it's got an effects loop. It's got all this kind of connectivity that you want, and so it's actually mains powered. And by that I mean it uses an ICE cable rather than just like a little dinky, you know, little wiener nine volt adapter type right. power gotcha. sort of deal right because it's a 100 watt amp so it's got you're gonna a, need a, a nice yeah, substantial yeah but what it also has is two and it shares 500 watts of output for your pedals so you can power your pedals your pedals from this itself oh that's nice yeah oh wow so up to 500 watts which if, if, again if you're using something like uh, line six helix or something like that you might actually just be able to like combine those two and power your modeler from this oh i already forgot the name the amped one is what it's called okay i think that's a killer feature that's awesome yeah it, it, it includes power for your other pedals in the pedal like how cool is that man i kind of like it i kind of like it too and i think you're going to kind of like the price well, this is why I knew there was going to be a good price. What do you think? Because you, you're gassing on it. I'm gassing on it. What do you think it might be? What do you think it's going to retail? It's not crazy. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Maybe I do. There's a lot going on. A lot of there's technology a lot of technology in. built into it. I'm gonna say for five hundred bucks. Four ninety nine. You nailed uh, it, dude. dude I almost, almost said, said four ninety nine. Yeah, I almost said oh, four hundred. I don't know. I probably said four hundred. Oh man, yeah, I almost nailed it right on. I think that Price that's right. a good sign. Yeah. Um, five hundred milliamps. Five hundred dollars. Do you? Let me ask you a question. With yeah. all this, all this wacky technology Waxters. going on, and this thing is—they're piling it up in there. But it's so simple and clean. You'd love the design of this thing. Yeah. It's so nice. It's oh, like it's just—it's just, just, just like white. Like, Honestly, that's—it's just like it's just simple. It's just that's cool. Yeah. Um. 
yeah, I, I wonder though, where are we gonna be with like the one with like how, how's it gonna be? How's it gonna be when when I know that my amp is still there? Like if all right, so you know we look at like outdated technology now, yes. like eighties drum machines and stuff yes. like that. That fucking orange rolling groove box they sent you earlier. Yes, exactly. I think that was nineties. Uh, we're kind of like. I don't know if this is, you know, it one it's it I don't even talk about the looks. I just mean like with all the features. Mm-hmm. Does do these things hold up? Obviously technology is going to keep right. moving. We're going to keep sure. coming up with better ideas. Does this hold up for a while? We're obviously seeing a trend with these types of things right now, right? Mm. And does this technology have potential to fail and do people have the technology to fix the technology? <laughs> Where do you bring this thing if it goes out? You know what I mean? I, I totally I It's totally a computer do. store. The the thing I so there are two parts of this thing. I think the actual sort of like main tone and like that solid state amplifier and being That's able separate. to just like yeah, that all should in theory you should be able to sort of even if it like goes haywire, you should be able to sort of do a hardware reset on that, right? But I yeah. think you're you're at the valid point that how long are you gonna have the same USB connector to plug that into your amp, I do feel like the, that technology is inherently sort of futureless. Are we going to have a, a Firebird X situation on our hands? Driving tractors over Blackstar <laughs> Amp ones. And by no, the way, I, but the the inherent technology, the, or the central technology, is still will persist. But I, I think you could make the same argument with those Firebird X's. Like there are still guitars that you could just like plug in and play. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, it could be that could be a valid analogy. I don't know. Uh, it was just a thought. You know, because we are, it seems like almost every episode for the last few weeks, we've had something like this. Yeah. Or, you know, oh, just yeah. these new I'm IR. Dude, there, I'm, I'm, there are some that I will just never talk about because we've talked about so many of them, seriously. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's interesting to me. I, I have to wonder, is it like, is it kind of like the new Mercedes where it's got so many bells and whistles? The that MG1? Like, was just whatever. Like, oh. like one of the brand new with all the features. Then you're like, well, if that goes out, am I going to be able to like even mm, drive this? Thing? Right. You know what I mean? So... That's a real that's a real luddite fear, but I, I share it in many. Yeah, ways. I mean it's just it's more of a conversation than mm-hmm. like actually cons- a concern. But but yeah, I just uh, I wonder where we're we gonna be with all this technology. Where we're gonna be is uh, back to playing freaking vintage two, guitars, heavy and the, tube and the Kempers too. Yeah. and Kempers. Yeah, <laughs> no, because they're gonna break too. I, yeah. I'm so afraid of that. Yeah, I, that's why I still have both. I don't it, know. It is funny though, like with the Black Star. So I they're in UK, right? Mm-hmm. Do they? But they have an overseas division. They make most too. of their stuff overseas. Okay, yeah. I thought so. Maybe yeah. all of it, frankly. Yeah, because it's funny with that line because they range. There's some really expensive ones, mm-hmm. and then there's like the little practice amps you can get for like, like the silver line or something. I can't remember what it's called. They're new. Yeah, they've they've the Saint something or other. They they make actually uh, when Jimmy and I were testing out Les Pauls last time we went to see me, we plugged them into that one of those like fancier black stamps, and they sound great. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Jay brought one to the space, and he just he threw it up in the loft, and I was like, why don't we bring that down mm-hmm. here? Uh, we didn't we didn't use it last night, but it's the it's the forty watt like the little I think it's a one twelve, mm-hmm. um, but it's all tube. I'm like, that's fucking cool. I'd love I'd love to hear that thing. Crank it up. He didn't want to get it down. What are you that's do? a drummer for you, bud. What are they? What are they? What use do they have for Some tubes? Lazy not just little thunder tubes. <sighs> One of those things. Thunder tubes. Yeah, dog, dude. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, thunder tubes would be a sick nick. Imagine being called thunder tubes. Thunder tubes would be a good band name. Or I'd play in thunder tubes. I'd play in a, dude, I would definitely play in thunder tubes. 
Well, buddy, we played in a podcast together. We for sure the last did. Freaking hour and plus, it's getting dark out there. So yeah, uh, we're gonna have to adjust time. our uh, to our new darkness. We're gonna coming. have to get a little uh, clap clapper light, light. That might be nice. Yeah, I'll just uh, I'll actually I'll get a like laser machine. We'll just and smoke and smoke machines. I used to have one of those. I wish I did. I want one. I don't know what happened to it. Let's just get a projector and do weird stuff. Let's do some it. like pink floaty like oil exactly. designs on the wall. Yes. I'm into that. Well, friends, if you made it to the end of this rambler of a beef, thank you so much. We do this because we love you and because we love each other. So love you, Dave. Love you. Thanks for thanks for the good episode. And folks, if you made it to the end of this, why don't you go make some music? Night night.